ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The trophy is staying in Penrith. They have defended their title. It is one of the greatest premiership defences the game has ever seen. They have lost four games all year. That's the sound of NRL Premiership glory. And in recent years, it has been reserved for Penrith fans exclusively. But as the men in black chase an absurd and historic three-peat, we reckon there's reason for optimism across the finals board. It might be the Storm's DNA, the Roosters' star power, the Knights' sense of destiny, or Brisbane's rabid hunger for success. Today, we're making a premiership case for every remaining club. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Nick Campton is the ABC's NRL writer. Campo, you are a blue sky kind of guy. And I want you playing optimist for eight different fan bases today as you make a case as to why each club will win the NRL Premiership. And we're going to start with the eighth-seeded Canberra, a.k.a. the Raiders, a.k.a. the Green Machine, a.k.a. the Milk. How can Ricky Stewart muster a miracle from this group and the eighth spot on the grid? Stacky, I appreciate you calling me a blue sky guy because only a blue sky guy can sort of put in a, a Canberra winning the premiership type prediction. You know, the Raiders have sort of, I think they've kind of done their dash over the last couple of weeks, probably a little bit fortunate to make the finals at all. Well, I don't know if anyone knows we're in the finals. We weren't meant to be. Uh, I'm that proud of these blokes. They've exceeded everybody's expectations. and Missing a few key guys to injury and suspension, but for all the green faithful out there, I guess the thing that you can hang on to is... You know, we live in a universe of limitless possibilities, and one of those possibilities has to end with a Canberra Premiership. But it does seem pretty unlikely for the Green Machine in this one, especially given that they're heading up to Newcastle this Sunday. And taking on the Knights in Newcastle at this time of year is never a good proposition. But uh, if you are of a Green persuasion, start praying for a miracle, because I think we might need it. The Roosters ended arch-rivals South's season last round. They hit finals with five straight wins. They are chock full of talent. They start their postseason campaign in Cronulla. How is it that the Chooks are going to go all the way in 2023? Oh, I guess the, the real positive sign with the Roosters is it, it took them a long time. It took them nearly the entire season, but they finally seem to have settled on their best 17 and settled on the style of play that really works for them, you know, and a lot of their top players, guys like James Tedesco and Luke Keary and Sam Walker and Brandon Smith are all really hitting form at the right time. They were very impressive, I thought, in that win over South Sydney. They showed a tremendous amount of grit that probably hasn't always been there this year. pass. He lost some momentum. He's tackled. Then he reaches over to score. South had the chance to stop him. But they can't. The human pinball goes bing, bing, bing. And he's over to score for the Roosters. You know, this is a team that has a really strong finals pedigree. A lot of these blokes were on the team in 2018 and 2019 when they won back-to-back premierships. They all know what it takes to succeed at this time of year, you know? So they're not the sort of team that I would want to face in a big finals match purely because they know what it takes at this time of year and, and they know how to deliver it as well. So if you were looking for a team from, from sort of that 6th, 7th, 8th position to really make a bolt from the blue, I think the Roosters is probably the standout choice. The Sharks are starting from sixth. Explain to our Shire-based listeners why they should be fired up for finals. 
Well, it's an interesting one with the Sharks because, of course, they finished second in the regular season last year and then bombed out of the finals with back-to-back losses. But I actually think their team this year has a little bit more steel to them, a little, a little bit more uh, gumption, if you will. What about Harada? You spoke about his return to first grade. He scored a try out of nothing. And wow, that is, now he's held that up and that is a phenomenal defensive play. And I think that will really serve them well in, in this final series. You know, the team last year had, you know, some wonderful attacking structures and could play some really dazzling football. But I think they did have a bit of a softer underbelly. But to me, the Sharks are a little bit tougher this time around, you know. So even if they're not maybe as dazzling in attack, that doesn't always get the job done in a finals game. You know, finals games can sometimes be about, you know, really gutsing it out and, and, and finding who's sort of got that ticker to, to go the extra mile. And I think the Sharks have more of that this year than they did last year. I'm not going to quite say turn the porch light off again, but uh, there's things to like about Cronulla, certainly. There's something joyous about a Newcastle team in form, and the Knights have nine straight wins. They have a raucous fan base. They have grit. They have X Factor. Tell us why this all adds up to a Newcastle premiership. Well, I think it's, it's pretty clear that the Knights are the hottest team in the league right now. Nine straight wins for the boys from the Hunter. Sometimes a team comes along that just sort of seems to have a, a bit of a sense of destiny about them. Newcastle has all those things that you talked about. They have, in Kalen Ponga, probably the informed player of the entire competition. In the Safidi Twins, they have two origin-caliber front rowers. You know, Bradman Best is playing the best football of his career. They seem to have really found something with Greg Marzu. You know, D- Dominic Young is, is finishing tries that should not be able to be finished. Some Oren Keeley back to Gamble. Why did Dominic Young, who somersaults into the corner and puts it down for a try? Newcastle are at home this week. They'll get one last big boost from their, you know, their crazed home fans. That'll be a, an absolute sight to see. Here's this crown again. I think if you're looking for someone from outside the top four to really make a run at things, and it, it's very rare that a non-top four team sort of enters premiership calculations, but I think the Knights are a team that everyone has to take very, very seriously just because of like the spirit and, and, and the attacking brilliance they're playing with. I think on their day, they can match it with just about anyone in the competition. I feel like you know that the Warriors fever is a thing when USA basketball coach Steve Kerr is saying, Up the wires. The haters are going to say, look, they can't get it done outside of New Zealand. They'll point to the fact that they've never won a title. Why is it going to be different this year? I think the Warriors just sort of have all the ingredients that you would look for in a premiership team. You know, in Adam Fanua Blake and, and Tohu Harris, they've got two excellent middles that helps them control the, the centre third of the field in both attack and defence. In, in Sean Johnson, they've got an extremely experienced playmaker who can do the dazzling things, but can also really play the percentages and get them around the park well. Egan sweeps it right for the Warriors. Johnson stepping up right and left. He is in the DeLorean. He has gone back to the future. He is Marty McFly. Sean Johnson scores at the northern end. You know, and then they've got a, a really st- solid workman-like back five who are really good at churning out the metres. I, I just think the Warriors are a very well-constructed football team. And, you know, people might look at their record over the last month of the regular season and say, oh, you know, they, they weren't really blowing teams apart. But I think this I think this Warriors side is a team that's been waiting for the finals to start for a good couple of weeks now. And I'm, I'm expecting a big lift in performance. You know, they're going into Penrith this week and that's always difficult, but I definitely think they have the ingredients to at least stand up to Penrith and, and make Penrith earn it. And, and once you sort of get into those finals footy situations and everything's tight and tense and, you know, things aren't quite like they are in the regular season, maybe someone like Sean Johnson is somebody who can reach up and grab the sun and, and take the Warriors into a preliminary final. And if they get a preliminary final at home, then, you know, anything can happen from there. You know, there's a reason that Up the Waz has 
has gone trans-Pacific, you know what I mean? There's a reason it's jumped all the way to, to San Francisco Bay. You know, maybe this is their year. Every year, the Storm are meant to drop off. Every year, they just don't. And guess who is top four again? Ryan Pappenhausen's back. They have Brisbane first up, who they own. 14 straight wins against the Broncos. Make the case for another Craig Bellamy premiership. It's always easy to make the case for the Storm because you're betting on the house. You're betting on the infrastructure. You're betting on the, the, the longest run of sustained success in Australian rugby league history. You know, winning is just, it's in the blood. It's in the walls down there. You know, they don't really know how to do anything else except put together strong regular seasons and give themselves a good shot at the title. You know, Ryan Pappenhausen has made his comeback over the last couple of weeks. So I think that'll be a really big emotional boost for the Storm, given what he's sort of overcome over the last 12 months in, in, in coming back from that very nasty fractured kneecap. He's walking past me now. He has the card number six in his hand. And after over 400 days on the sideline, battling injury, the Mississippi mudflap, Ryan Pappenhausen. They've also got Harry Grant, who I think is in the form of his life. I think Rome Hughes has just had his best year in first grade. They've got fellas like Ellie Katoa and Nelson Asofa Solomona hitting form at the right time. Betting against Melbourne is an easy way to is an easy way to light money on fire. You know, there's a reason they're always here at this time of year. There's a reason that every win over them feels so consequential. The Storm have the form, they have the pedigree, and that goes a long way this time of year. Brisbane, let's talk Brisbane. They've got a fearsome pack, a backline full of X-Factor, a halfback with a formidable body of work, and that's just his tats. So why are there question marks on the Broncos? And tell us how it is that Brisneyland is going to bring home the bacon. I guess the, the question mark on the Broncos is, is just sort of the inexperience of some of their key playmakers. You know, Reese Walsh, who I think has been the best player in the league this year. On his outside to Walsh. Walsh is through. This will be a try. It is. Great try from Reese Walsh. Reese Lightning straight through the Raiders' defensive line. He's never played in a final before. You know, Payne Haas has only played in, in one final as well. But I think on the other side of that, you know, you can sort of say it's inexperience. I kind of look at it as like this Brisbane team is hungry. You know, they're, they're starving for a little bit of success. And what, what are we at now? We're at 17 years without a premiership in Brisbane. That feels like 1,700 years up there. You know, standards and expectations are so, so high. And, and this team really has that, that hunger about them. They're desperate for success. They'll do anything to make it happen. And I think that really gives them an edge over a lot of these other teams. Like you look at teams like Penrith or, or Melbourne or, or, or the Roosters, they've had so much success that they can't possibly be as hungry as Brisbane are. They've got players like Reese Walsh, like Katoni Staggs, who are very much built for the big stage. And the stage is about to be as big as it gets. And, you know, some people might still have question marks on Brisbane. I don't. They're actually my tip to, to go the whole way in this one. And I think they've got the, the skill, the panache, the toughness, the swagger to do it all. Penrith into the finals as the number one seed. How and why the Panthers about to deliver history by becoming the first team in the NRL era to go back to back to back? Well, if you want to know how they can do it, all you've got to do is think about the last two years because the recipe has stayed the same for the Panthers pretty much the entire time. Like, I know Jerome Luai is injured at the moment, but other than that, all the usual suspects are here. Dylan Edwards is here. Brian Toto's here. Stephen Crichton's here. Nathan Cleary, James Fisher-Harris, Isaiah Yo, Liam Martin. We know what all these guys can do. We've been seeing it for, for years now. He throws it out the back to Brian Toto. Right foot step by Toto. Straight pass. One, he's over to score. Oh, he gets the try. Give them the Giltman Shield. They're going to finish minor premiers. If they've been doing this so well for so long, why is there any reason to expect that that won't continue? If Penrith just keep doing the things that they've been doing for the last four years, 
their every chance of, of lifting their third straight premiership trophy on the first uh, on the first Sunday of October. All you got to do is do what you've done before. And Penrith have shown that they're more than capable of replicating that over and over and over again. All gets underway this weekend. You can catch every moment live and free on the ABC Listen app. Capo, thanks so much for your time. No worries. Best weekend of the year, Stacky. Headlines. Rinky Hijikata is out of the US Open, beaten by American 10th seed Francis Tiafo in straight sets. It's been a big tournament for the 22-year-old Aussie. He'd never made it to the fourth round of a Grand Slam, and his ranking will climb into the top 100 as a consequence. That leaves Alex Dimonor as the final Aussie singles player in the men's draw. He's got an enormous clash with Russian Daniel Medvedev if he wants a place in the quarters. In the women's, the tournament has been thrown wide open with world number one Iga Svantec beaten by Yelena Ostapenko in three sets. She'll next play 19-year-old American sixth seed Coco Goff for a place in the semis. Cricket in Australia has made it a 3-0 sweep of its T20 series with South Africa. Travis Head belted 91 from 48 balls as the Aussies chase down the hosts' total of 190. You'd have to think it helps the South Australians' case for the ODI World Cup, where he's hoping to open the batting alongside David Warner in the spot vacated by Aaron Finch. Mitch Marsh was player of the series after he scored 190 runs from 100 balls across the three fixtures. The Aussies will be staying in South Africa as they tune up for the World Cup with a one-day series with the Proziers. And the Boomers ended their World Cup with a victory over Georgia, but it was not enough to make the quarterfinals after they lost to Lithuania on Friday night. Coach Brian Gorgian has some big questions to answer less than a year out from the Paris Olympics. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Channel 9 for the extra audio used in this episode. I just cried, she cried, Brandon. I just meant it's an honour. Nisham footy. I really wanted to make a difference, I guess, in the Pacifica communities. The biggest stories and most exciting Pacifica talent in the rugby league and rugby union worlds. Hosted by myself, Tinero Arona, who bleeds rugby league, and union diehard Sam Wags. We'll argue about which code is better, chat women's footy, and hear from plenty of Nisham athletes. Nisham footy. Find it on the ABC Listen app, and if you're in the Pacific, wherever you get your podcasts.